0: Welcome to the Talon Project. Talon stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, Talon provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. I am Martina McFarlane. I am a Master of Planning student at uh, the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape. And I have with me today, uh, Phil Kalansas-Scope from CG Research Networks. Um, I'm going to let you do a much better introduction than I could ever do in just a moment, but I'm going to start with uh, an icebreaker question. So if you could be any letter in the alphabet, what would you be?
1: <laughs> mm, well, I'm going to be self, uh, self-indulgent, I'm going to be f- phi, phi in Greek. Uh, it's, it's been a kind of uh, icon that I've, you know, badged to myself uh, for um, so long. Uh, I am of Greek descent. I was uh, born in Greece. And so, um, yeah, that would be the letter. I, I would be curious to know what other, th- you know, I, I should have done some background and seen what other people chose and what was their thinking. It is some deep psychological tests that I you know, probably just failed.
0: No, you did perfectly well. It's been uh, all <laughs> over the board for sure. So, <laughs> um, But that's great. And maybe I will just get you to briefly introduce yourself with that.
1: Great. So yes, um, I'm Philip Colance's Cope. Uh, I have a research foundation in intellectual property rights. Um, I did my PhD at the New School for Social Research um, right now, uh, I'm the chief social scientist of Common Ground Research Networks. Uh, Common Ground Research Networks is nearly 40 years old right now. Um, we have uh, been interested in formations of scholarly communication, whether it be academic conferences, uh, you know, preprints, journals, books. Well, the preprints is a current thing, but we were thinking about what is the form of these um, objects, communications. Uh, and outputs. Um, we've been committed uh, for all these years in thinking of, uh, thinking about some key principles. Um, you know, one is internationality, you know, how do you uh, incorporate as many international um, voices as you can, not just uh, about people and bodies, but about ideas, perspective, um, and uh, cultures. That's one of the things that we were um thinking about, and in the research network perspective, too often you know you go to the Canadian Association of the Australian Association of, and we were thinking about how do you build truly international research networks. So that's one of the first pillars. Um, the other pillar is interdisciplinarity. Now, sounds kind of boring now but there was a time when when people said that that was like they looked at you funny and crazy and they did that for you know sometimes good reasons you know disciplines are important they are important to understand you know epistemology Uh, they're important for professional boundaries career development and our our beginning question about interdisciplinarity wasn't about disciplines don't matter Uh, but where are these points of Commonality that we can build collaboration uh, in, in a practical sense, but also conceptually, um, uh, what are these common spaces uh, where you actually cannot separate out, you know, in these boxes what is sociology, what is, you know, architecture, um, and what is health sciences, for example. Um, and the final principle is inclusion, um, you know, uh, um, what are, uh, and in inclusion within the academy itself from, you know, um, gender, ethnicity, race, of course. Um, there's also professional position, you know, how do you foster inclusive spaces for, for people who are beginning their careers? Um, and also those uh, who are outside the, the formal walls of where higher education is, you know, uh, research happens in professional spaces, in public policy, um, in, you know, this idea of unskilled really is a bizarre concept. You know, people, whatever they do in a practice, build skills and that builds expertise. And how do you make sure um, that uh, these conversations uh, come together? So we've been doing this for quite some time. Um, And so what I do here at Common Ground Research Networks, you know, at one end, I lead the, programming, uh, um, in collaboration with all our research network chairs, editors, advisory boards uh, uh, across the spectrum, Um, but also to um, uh, flesh out our publishing program. We publish uh, uh, 70 or so journals um, and our books program as well. The other practical part of what I do is I make, you know, we are a not for profit um, and I make the financials make sense too. And, and I believe that's an important part of the whole ecosystem is that to build sustainable research networks or knowledge ecologies, uh, there's gotta be that independence um, in a kind of financial sense as well. So the as sort of tacky as the um, business of what we do, you know, is in a certain sense to, to see that in a holistic perspective is what we have tried to do. We've all we've been pioneering in in these questions over epochs in digital technologies, you know, uh, we uh, built our our first publishing um, platform uh, in the early 2000s, um, which every person who attended our events or was a part of our publishing ecosystem, you know, kind of like a proto Facebook, if for our space had profile pages, they could blog, not that anyone did it, but well, people filled their profiles, but that blogging part uh, was a kind of a thing, but we did build an impressive architecture that published 20,000 works. Um, You know, we probably had about 100,000 people go through that um, platform. The first platform was when we were based in Australia. We got funding for that from the Australian government and Xerox among other people. Um, We were really thinking uh, and and they were interested about what the future of publishing technologies were. We're now based in the um, University of Illinois Research Park here uh, and um, we have been um, building again uh, our our platform that we have right now. CG Scholar. Uh, and that's been um, funded by the Department of Education here and the Gates Foundation, amongst other things, uh, um, groups, <laughs> no, not things. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, again, we've been thinking about web 2.0 technologies, um, semantic text publishing, um, you know, uh, and about what the future of using these new technologies are for scholarly communication. So that's a kind of Long-winded uh, interpretation of um, of what we and I do. If I could really do anything, uh, what I would want to do is just my photography all day, every day. You know, <laughs> this is really what I should have done. Uh, in you know, and I never had the courage to do it. Uh, I I still try to eke it out on 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 the side, but um, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that's an <laughs> add-on. <laughs> Wonderful,
0: um, and uh, that was an an excellent in, uh, introduction and a <laughs> little bit of what's uh, going on at the CG Research Networks. Um, I guess how has how has your work been affected by the pandemic?
1: Well, on a very practical um, front, you know, it's been a you know it's it's been a very challenging year for us and our team. You know, uh, if you know. We have 24 research networks, each with an annual conference. Last year, um, we had only one of those in person. Um, And so we had a while we had an infrastructure, you know, to deliver in some ways, um, what an online conference experience would be and is, um, uh, we, you know, the tools were not there to begin with. there was, you know, as you would expect, you know, there was financial stress throughout the year. Uh, we survived, you know, with our team going, you know, being spread out. You know, there's, uh, 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 again, all these practical challenges. But at the same time, you know, we found a way to keep as much of our team together, which I'm proud of. Uh, And um, not only did we find ways to collaborate as a team, because that's really an important part of what we are as an organization, you know, from, it's a whole integrated infrastructure from, you know, the conference, the journal. uh, And so um, that's a real, you know, people want to talk about what you've done in, done in the world but we've got to first recognize that the challenge of just existing was a very uh, um, was a very tough thing it still is Uh, and you know if any time i can recognize the team that i have to have fought through that i have to do it it's important to do it Um, so that's part a part b is on march whatever it was here in this country when we finally recognized that how bad it was going to be um, we went to our software team and I basically first with you know pen and pencil I drew up <laughs> pictures of of what we wanted to do um, in terms of you know building a platform for online conference delivery. One of the things that's always been important to us is to use off-the-shelf things where where we can. But for us to be researchers in what scholarly communication is and what technology can afford us in transforming a um, space as we we're kind of a bit. You know punching above our weight in trying to build things ourselves all mad one or the other uh and so um we then went out and firstly we did you know 20 or so conferences without this tool by the way and we tried you know um all live we tried asynchronous we tried different receptions you know different you know informal you know part of the challenges of turning a on, uh, conference online is where are those serendipitous encounters how do you bump into somebody in the hallway uh and so you know we we tried some funky things like think and drink where i'd send people a little drink card and and we'll talk about a theme um and, and and so you know over this year uh we had a wonderful opportunity which most associations don't because they have one conference each, you don't have one shot at it, that we could test and trial a lot of things out and work with our development team to try and build a product at the same time. So we finally, probably too soon for public consumption, but we did put our first conference in it last year um, and it's our uh, design principles and practice conferences, which is a fantastic event with, with, and even were even sillier, we'd send it to a bunch of designers. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, but, um, but yeah, so, so, um, what we decided as a set of principles, because that's the core thing is that what is your mode of delivery? Um, and going back to those, you know, we will keep thinking through those core principles of international interdisciplinary inclusive. And so what we settled on for our platform is that, Um, the bulk of the schedule is asynchronous right? And why did we do that? You know, because you picking a time zone is accidentally prejudicial, you know, what I mean, like, like, so, you know, if you're not in that central, you know, whatever you pick as the mark, then, you know, you're up at 4am, you know, and you have your kid in who is going to school and a whole range of things. So we our platform, every presenter has a presenter page. And on that presenter page, they upload digital content. And it can be anything from a CAD file, audio file, you know, you know, there were some people that that, that put up, a whole video, a whole film that they had produced and a text about that, you know, so, um, and we also said that we we were trying to build a platform that's not just a one and done for this for this time, but something that's a infrastructure that can go on forever. So that asynchronous and, you know, driving people into that presentation page is that in the future of our conferences forever in a day, as blended events, we want people, whether they're presenting in person or not to add that digital content. And so everybody has it as a resource to go back to. So, you know, we um, built that as the asynchronous core. And then what we sat around it is special events that are Zoom based or keynotes that are Zoom. Well, It doesn't have, you know, we have used Zoom as a kind of, you know, thing about, you know, live broadcasting. So it really doesn't matter what you you can use Google Hangouts, you can use some open source tool um, um, out there. But for our, you know, uh, uh, approach, we then built these events that were uh, face to face in a digital sense um, around things that were less formally constructed. Now, there's a pedagogical reason for that. It's the same reason why we have these special events in in-person conferences. So we can meet in a different kind of way um, and that conversation you know, can flow in a different kind of way. And pedagogically, why we did these um, asynchronous is that um, again, it's, it's not the standard flow of presenter and audience, you know what I mean? That people can take a journey through the content. Um, so uh, journey through the content. I. Sound like a used car salesman, but but you understand what I mean? Is it the kind of you can go through at at your own pace, and then every um well, now I explain what happens in the program. So these presentation pages are then we theme people into theme panels. They live in the online program. When you click on that theme panel, you can see the abstract and who the people is. You can add them as a peer. You know, but we don't have friends we have peers so you can do all that kind of stuff to the side and there's there is a discussion board behind it where you can comment and engage and talk to people and so we have it open for those conference days and so people can go in you know and 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 um uh, do what they need to do and again the other thing that was critical to us is when i see restaurants that have built these temporary shelters they spend a tremendous amount of cash on something which isn't An infrastructure that is built for the future (laughs) you know you know and and so i live in champagne illinois and it's cold i'm from australia it's cold and 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 so what i keep thinking is that why wouldn't you be building something where we can eat outdoors next year, and the year after, and the year after that. Uh, And and so that was always present in in our mind is that when we build this infrastructure, it's not to build a temporary tent, uh, it's really to radically transform what the scholarly conference is. uh, And we want to make sure that, um, that that online component is a rich resource for conference participants, for example, if I was online or in person in two years, three years, if I want to go back to that conference, right, then I can and I can see the content and, and I can engage. You know, one of our what we hope to do in the end, um, and I don't know if I need a NDA to tell you this, is <laughs> is that we hope to put a DOI on each one of these pages too, right? And so once so once we can, you know, and so now we are, are you know, people can, link to content that's outside so you can embed, but eventually would we would like to host all of the content. We we just did that again as a kind of design experiment. You know, you know, we, we do want to lock people into one approach right now and see how people, you know, see where it goes, see how it works, see how integration works. Um, but if we um, do have a chance to host all this, um, which a lot of people want us to do anyway, they say, look, here's my, you know, I'm going to send a zip file, I'm going to, you know, Uh, then it then becomes a valuable citable resource um, for that scholar going forward. So, you know, one of the things that um, I've been committed to in a real practical sense is I work for the people who come to our events and research network uh, participants, you know, and so I want to be building resources that advance their careers. Uh, And the kinds of people that I'm talking about aren't always, you know, um, people at, People at the center. I'm talking about people that, for whatever reason, geopolitical career are uh, uh, sometimes left at the margins. Um, and this is really important for accelerating their voice uh, and um, making an impact. So that's the total ecosystem and approach that we have tried to work through through this pandemic. You know, uh, first thinking about the health and well-being of our. our our staff. That was the first priority. My first goal was how do you find a way to ease the burden on their lives. You know, we have uh, you know, people with young families, um, and so working from home may, you know, was a, you know, two years ago was like a privilege, and now it's c- can be a prison. Um, and so, um, you know, how do you take care of people? We, we did daily Zoom standups, which turned into bi-weekly and you know at the start, I thought, look, that's gonna to be too much for people. But in fact, that kind of contact, even if it's brief and friendly, it's not like, what are you doing today? But it's like, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, that was really important. So first, you know, our first approach was, how do you support our staff? Um, the second is how during the year of absolute, you know, what's happening? Are we going, are we not going? You know, how do you support people that have, you know, that they have paid for registrations or, you know, or they, or it was a point in their career where they need this publication, they need to go to this event, you know, people forget that, you know, senior scholars can walk away for a year or two. But if you're building a career, that could be a pivotal point. So how do you keep going? We were not going to cancel anything, there was no way. And so how do you still, you know, build forward? So, you know, second goal was, how do you, keep moving forward for research network participants. That's key, right? So that's one, two. And then three was, how do we use this time to build an infrastructure, which is for when the pandemic's over? (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, um, How can you accelerate uh, what would have been, um, what you wanted to do anyway? And I do have to, you know, tracing back to point one, uh, you know, uh, you know, all of it was based on the tremendous work of our team uh, and and the kind of commitment that they showed through this pandemic. And so, and the goodwill of um, the people who we represent. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And more, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess just as an extension of that, you know, you're talking about setting up this strong infrastructure for the future, really looking ahead, um, you've obviously been planning for that and that's always in in back of mind or maybe in forefront of of what you do um but what do you wish to happen in the future in your area
1: what do I wish to happen Um, (laughs) it's a big question but (laughs) well look I'll just go through those same three found you know same three things you know one is I want to have a more uh sustainable work life for the people who work for us right now, that's number one, you know, and I'm working as hard as I can to make sure that happens. Uh, Two is I wanna make sure that um, we are still the advocates of our members, you know, that is critically important. And this digital platform um, is not about some of the things that we have learned, which is that Zoom fatigue, the kind of pressure on work life balance um, is that we don't wanna reproduce the same, you know, you know, pandemic stress that we had of you must be at 4 a.m. sitting in on a Zoom session because Central meantime Time is we is where it's based. You know, um, is that we we want to build an infrastructure that um, uh, that is sustainable for people's existence, uh, but also can be an accelerator of their work and. Their voices uh, in really productive ways, and to build a kind of knowledge base of this content too is that where the conference isn't a one-off thing. You know, so often conferences are these ephemeral experiences. You go, you talk, and then you go away, and that energy kind of dissipates. Uh, and so, if uh, we can build something where that it's a bounded box temporally of this is the conference, but it's also a resource you can always go back to. Um, and so there's an intellectual reason for that. Conversation is important for healthy democracies, uh, but there's a real practical thing is that promotion and tenure, you know, <laughs> is that you also want to be able to give people that resource to go back to, this is what I did, here's what I presented. And, and uh, again, one of the things that I've never lost sight of is that good conversation is critically important, but helping people advance their careers is is as important. Uh, and good people with good ideas that we want to try and, you know, uh, um, uh, get into what the mainstream dialogue is, is a critically important thing. So I, I hope that we continue doing these um, uh, um, kinds of things. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And what would you recommend for academics in terms of distributing their research, participating in conferences, especially in this um, unprecedented time right now?
1: Well, you know, I can, I don't want to begin with some snarkiness, but I will, (laughs) Uh, is that look, probably the, you know, one of the safest uh, groups in terms of employment right now is tenured faculty. Right, uh, is that for for you know during this period you know they have been in a and I don't mean privilege in a negative sense, but they have been in a kind of privileged position to be able to work from home or uh, teach from home. You know, generally, now I'm not trying to say that there's not been impacts, but 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 the impacts have been on the lower echelons of academic communities, right? And so what I hope. Um, is that they get back out there uh, and uh, um, they help support getting other people back out there, you know, or, or going to their faculties and advocating for junior staff to go to these events again. And and I'm not saying because I want more people there. I'm saying go to any event, get back out there. It's a, What I hope is that there is infrastructural support and leadership within academics themselves to get young scholars uh, and diverse voices back into the game. Um, And, you know, what I hope is that um, that does happen uh, and and that we get to see a next generation of people like yourself out there.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm just being mindful of our time. You've uh, run through all my questions and added lots more for sure. Um, so I really appreciate you meeting with me. Uh, I just have a couple of kind of fun one word answer questions at the end here. So
1: oh, no. here we go. Here we go. <laughs>
0: so Phil, coffee or tea?
1: Oh, coffee, come on. <laughs> yeah. Cat or dog? Oh, cat, but my parents just got a dog. And it's it's a nightmare, you know, oh, I, no. <laughs> I, you know. It's right now. I've got two kids, and you know, I'm over the pet game. But I would pick a cat. <laughs> Fair enough. All right.
0: Uh, early bird or night owl? Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a common thing with uh, with academics, and <laughs> 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 yeah, books or movies.
1: Huh. Photos. Good one. <laughs> And call or text? Oh, context. It's the context, you know. Um, Don't ever text when it should be a call. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. This episode
0: was produced by Talon. You can find the video of the interview and more at towncloud.ca. The Talent Project is funded by the Richard Parker Initiative. It is hosted at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Thank you for listening.